Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. I picked a game because I'd heard of it, really. That was kind of my criteria. Yeah, pretty high criteria. <laughs> I have some exacting standards. So today, we are playing the Sega Master System, Fantasy Star 1. Now, as an aside, can I tell you that I was like 25 years old before I knew what a Sega Master System was? Um, this actually may be the good time to tell the story of Daniel, because Daniel is the Sega Master System boy. Uh, my friend Daniel, my college roommate, uh, the Sega Master System came out, uh, it was around the same time as the NES. The two were competitors, even though most people never heard of the Sega Master System. I know I didn't. We were a Nintendo <coughs> family. Uh, and Daniel, like every kid our age, wanted a Nintendo. So his mother went to the store to purchase a Nintendo, and the store clerk talked her into getting the Sega Master System instead. He said, no, 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 trust me, you'll want this one instead. And, of course, his mom didn't know anything about video game systems, so she went, well, if that's what he'll like more, that's what I'll get. And poor Daniel was the only kid with a Sega Master <laughs> System, and nobody wanted to go over to his house to play video games. Aww. It was so very traumatic for him. In fact, I think it may have been what killed him. But they could have played Fantasy Star. They could have played Fantasy but Star. But I can also tell you from personal experience what it is like to invite your childhood best friend over to your house to play video games, and you pull out Dragon Warrior. And they say, what the hell? See, that's where we're different, because I was inviting kids over to play cool games like Aerial Biz. <laughs> you were. I. Everyone go out and Google Aerial Biz. I was then. <laughs> it is a Super Nintendo game. It is hard to find, but so worth it. Anyway, we have gotten way off track. Let's get into our personal histories with Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star. So my personal history for Fantasy Star is actually a little different than the other games. Like I just said, I didn't know what a Sega Master System was until I was an adult. Um, I didn't understand if it came before or after the Genesis or if it was the same thing as the Genesis or what was going on. Um, so I didn't play this game as a kid. I didn't play it until I was an adult. And I think the first time that I ever played it or the first system I played it on was the Game Boy Advance um, remake for it. 
So I don't really have much of a history of this until we played it for this review. I had actually never beaten it. Um, so this was, this was a fun one for me to play just because it was um, a new journey and not just revisiting an old classic. I got nothing. I mean, I hate to do the same joke again, but I got nothing. I'd heard of the game. So this, ga this game is an example of all of the types of games that made me want to create this project as an excuse to play through all these games I'd heard of but never played. This is another one of those. Never touched the thing. Was curious what it was about. Had an excuse to actually play a game. Here we are. We have our handy synopsis written by the famous author Jeff Hillary, author of The Great Platypus Caper and The Coconut Monkey Horror. Buy them today. Buy them tomorrow. Buy them every day. <laughs> On a small planetary system with three inhabitable planets, the king has turned into an evil tyrant. Some people have tried to rise up against him. None have succeeded. The last person to try was the older brother of our main character. With his dying breath, he hands his sword off to his little sister and sends her in search of a companion on her quest to avenge him. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. That's how you write a synopsis. That is how you write a synopsis. So we have a female lead. It's not a meet cute at a county fair. <laughs> with a, an accident with a, at a county fair. Yeah. It is a female lead, that's what I was going to say. That I love this game for that. This was the. This was not only one of the first, if not like the first RPG, that really that came west. That, ca that came west and that didn't just have a blank slate main character. The main character had a past and had her own personal motivations. There is it was no a sexism it in was this a game woman. either. There isn't. At no point does anybody be like, "Oh, please, what threat is she going to have?" No. Right. The brother, when he's dying, doesn't go. I guess I have to give you my sword even though you're a girl. Yeah. No, he just says, go get him! She doesn't pick up the sword against anybody's wishes. <coughs> she doesn't run away from home. She's just a warrior. I guess it helps that it was in the future. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a talking cat. Always good. Your Two of your four party members are the female main character and a talking cat. So really... It's your standard traditional JRPG. Mm -hmm. Nothing new, nothing interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Hmm. I was gonna say, did you want to talk about the other two guys? Yeah. Then you get then you get your generic warrior and your not generic, but you get your warrior and your mage dudes that are more you know typical typical of other RPGs. Uh, so, I guess it's time to move on to the combat system. <laughs> So if you've played Dragon Warrior, the combat system here should be fairly familiar. It's a first-person point of view with your character stats lined up at the bottom and a single enemy image. Uh, although that single enemy image can represent multiple of the same enemy. Yeah, it was a little confusing to me at first. Uh, <laughs> it reminded me of the way that Final Fantasy Legends stacked yes. monsters. Although this one is a little bit nicer because you know how many there are. I think it was harder to tell in Final right. Fantasy Legends. Uh, although the really irritating thing for me is when you're fighting a multiple stacked monster, you can't control which one of those monsters you're hitting. Your party tends to spread it out. 
Like your party right. doesn't just gang up on one, kill right. it. Like most of us do when we play games. You you attack the weakest one, you kill it, then you move on to the next. Your party tends to hit them randomly. Is there anything else you had for combat? No, I mean it was. It was. It's, it's very the, it's typical. standard. Yeah. It's a very typical combat system. Yeah, there's there's nothing new in the combat system. It's we've all seen it before. Yeah, and most of you know, and most of your magic is relegated to the mage character. Yeah. And, you know, everybody plays their own role. There's nothing really customizable about it. I think I barely use magic in this game. I don't use magic in most games. <laughs> you really don't use magic a lot. Well, it's a and finite resource. Yeah. So next, we'll go into what this game has a lot of. Innovation. I'd like to start off with a, a pet peeve, or probably the biggest irritant I had with this game, and I need this for it, and you'll see why in a second. But it's how little guidance the game actually gives you in terms of where to go next. A lot, especially the early JRPGs, are pretty good about, I've heard of strange sounds coming from the cave to the west, or my friend just barely escaped from that town to the north. This game, I'm going to give you the first quest. When you first get your sword, the only thing you know from your dying brother is that you need to go find Odin. And that's the, that's the name of your typical warrior companion. You need to go find Odin. That's it. Japanese name, Tyrone. <coughs> Tyrone. You've got to go find Tyrone. You've got three planets he could be on, including the one you're currently standing on. No guidance. He could be anywhere. However, if you save up enough money from fighting monsters to buy a black market passport that you don't know that A, you need, or B, that's the item you're actually buying, because you actually have to pester that one particular merchant over and over again to sell you a secret thing, and you have to do it multiple times until he gives you a black market passport <laughs> that you don't know you need, then you go to the desert planet using the black market passport to get on this transport to go to the desert planet, and give the merchant in, on a desert planet town a pot that you got from a random guy in the first town, provided you talked to everybody, then you'll recruit a talking cat who has a potion to free Odin from being a statue. Again, you don't know where Odin is still, but now you've got a talking cat who has a potion to free him, so then you wander back in the first world until you find a random cave. Then you wander through the cave which is a maze, as all the caves are, and eventually, in that cave somewhere, is Odin. So to complete the first mission, right. you need to find an item you don't know you need from a guy you don't know who sells it, go to a world you know nothing about, give an item you know nothing about that you may not have even gotten to a character that you don't know needs it. In return, you will get a talking cat who will tell you he can help you free Odin, but not tell you that Odin is back on the original planet in a random cave in a statue at the end of a maze. What a daunting task for a young woman and her cat. <coughs> that is very typical of this game. Yeah. It does not give you... And you're really right about that. Most RPGs of this time did give you some clue by talking to your NPCs. That was the whole motivation for talking to the NPCs in the first place, was to tell you where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do. The other thing I don't like about it is it is an isometric dungeon crawler, like Arcana. It is first-person perspective, walking a block at a time, twisting and turning through these massive mazes, with occasional hidden passages. 
don't like isometric dungeon crawlers. They're ugly, they're claustrophobic, and it's so easy to get lost. And I don't get that thrill of excitement that most young gamers seem to get out of drawing my own maps as I go. Oh. I don't need my video game to give me work. <laughs> I'm here to play a story. Don't give me homework, too. So you wouldn't like the game that makes you go bake a cake? No, not if it made me bake a cake in the real world. Yes, you have to, there's the game. a game that makes you bake a cake in the real world and upload a photograph of it. Can I just buy one? Well. Okay. <laughs> so, there are the things I don't like. Oh, oh. One more thing I didn't like is not only do you not know which weapons are better before you buy them, like in previous games, but in this game you don't even know who can equip what weapon or, or, or armor piece until you buy it. Then you go through your party and hope one of them can equip it and hope it's stronger than what they had on before. Yeah. So you had a good time doing that. Well, and I feel like I've been bashing on this for a while now. I, I like the cutscenes a lot. A lot of the cutscenes actually had portraits of the characters up mm -hmm. close when they talk. And I, I thought the portraits actually looked really nice. That was a good thing I think a lot of Sega RPGs did that Nintendo didn't really replicate in that time period. I thought the portraits looked very nice considering mm -hmm. the, the, the technology available. I thought it gave the game a very good atmosphere. Uh, health items are sold in a, what I think is a fast food shop. I can't be sure yeah. because what's it called? It's, it's called a first food shop. <laughs> Every time you go into one, they say, welcome to first food. Mm -hmm. <coughs> there is a lot of grinding. Yes. There is so much It really much pads grinding. the length of the game. Every time you finish a dungeon, you have to grind forever to get all the newest equipment you can get to, so you can go to the next dungeon. That's what made me... caused me to play all the other fantasy stars before this one, because you have to grind so much in the beginning. Uh, the the hotel the hospitals work like they did in Final Fantasy Legend, where you heal per damage, or you, it costs per damage. Yeah, so however much damage you've taken. Thank you. I don't know what happened to me. I couldn't. I had a stroke. Or the something. HP that you have lost. So it costs more to heal you if you're hurt more. But in the very first town, your next door neighbor will let you sleep there and heal up for free. So I just always went back to the first town after everything. It wasn't that hard once you had your own spaceship right. and ground transport. I'll just always go back to the first town, heal, go on to the next adventure. Um, and this game also, this game did something that Nintendo RPGs didn't do for a long time afterwards. Not Dragon Quest, not Final Fantasy. Attack animations. Oh. Mm -hmm. The monsters actually move, and especially the ghoul. The ghouls have a particularly impressive and gruesome animation. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, I don't, I can't remember an NES game where enemies actually moved. No, I really don't either. So I give this game a lot of credit for that, for putting in the extra effort. Mm -hmm. um, I know I feel like I've been bashing on the game a lot, but the cutscenes were great. I, I, they tried. They put in a lot of yeah. effort into this game, and it shows. They, I feel like they were pushing the technology as hard as they could. Yeah. And it really shows. Did you have anything else that stuck out to you? No, I think you have really covered it in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually liked this game. Yeah. I, I, I know, it, I realize now it doesn't sound like it considering the list of things I complained about. 
but most of those I will attribute to its age and the system it was on yeah. and the time it came out. Like, those are forgivable sins. Mm -hmm. The grinding is just what you did at that time. I appreciate what it did in terms of the story for pushing it forward into what we have now, where there are diverse, believable characters with their own backstories and dynamic relationships, and I think they pushed it in that direction. Yeah, you definitely got to give it points for the main character being a chick and nobody cares. Yeah. So, for 1988. <coughs> Next up, music! Yay! <laughs> Once again, Lauren is tragically unable to join us. Uh, hopefully, this will be our last video for a while without a music expert, because uh, Russ and I are not equipped for this. I will say this much. I liked the music in the game. I liked the soundtrack. Sure. I was okay with it. I'll say, I got nothing. <laughs> that, that's fair. <laughs> but what do you got? What I do got is it looks like the composer was... Um, Tokuhiko Uwabu, or Uwabo, who went by Bo um, for a lot of the stuff that he composed. Um, he was a oh my god! He was a, well, he was a Sega composer. Clearly, so he composed for Fantasy Star One and Two. There's a Golden Axe, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, Space Harrier, uh, Space Harrier 3D, Fantasy Star Two. Uh, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic Three and Knuckles. I think I read that Sonic Three. Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles was his first. Um, yes, yeah, Sonic. He composed Sonic and Knuckles in 1994, um, which was actually his last known game when he worked for Sega. So he worked for Sega up until 1994. Um, and he—that's specifically what he. Composed that is a heck for. of a picture of him, by the way. The picture, the picture that we're looking at is him, maybe as a child or just as a young adult, with the word bow on a, across his face. He, so he was the original Lady Gaga. Or Sia. Isn't that that chick's name? I don't know. Okay. All I know is he did the music to Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. And that... He was the sound advisor. He is the Michael Jackson of video games. I guess so. Congrats, Bo. You go, Wabo, Mr. Uwabo. You go, Bo. Yep. Bo knows music. I was... I guess the music was fine. I wasn't taken by the music like I was. And I felt about the music like the same way I felt about like the cutscenes, whereas I felt it was more impressive than I was expecting. Yeah. It did it push the envelope. I mean, is it the greatest soundtrack ever? No, not by a long shot. But it is more than I was expecting from the game, given its day and age. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll move, go ahead and move on to final thoughts and wrap this up. I thought this game was good. Um, I think in the end I was more impressed by what it did to advance future games than this particular game itself. It had a female protagonist, um, it had character with you know, a dynamic background story. Um, I think it pushed a, the envelope in a lot of ways, and I think that sort of paved the way for, um, you know, RPGs that we have today, so I really appreciate that. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the game. I just think a lot of the gameplay mechanics were archaic. Um, overall, I would give it a B. 
Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely play it again. It's really weird how closely Russ and I have been agreeing these past three games, because I would also give this game a B. Uh, I think, honestly, the comment I made during the music section sums up how I most feel about this game. I'm imp it, it gave me more than I was expecting it to. It tried harder than I expected in a lot of respects. I wish I could score it higher, but given no clue where to go, the, the equipment managing, the isometric dungeon crawling, all of that just... But man, they really tried. Uh, the graphics were good. The graphics were better than I was expecting. The music was better than I was expecting. Uh, the plot and the characterizations were better than I was expecting. Nobody commented on, you know, ah, she's just a woman. Which we got in Lufia 2. In Lufia 2 it was, she's the greatest warrior in our kingdom. Boys, protect her. In this game it's, my brother's dying, I must take up his sword and avenge him. And she does. And nobody says a word. Uh, so I give it a B. It's a solid game. I honestly probably wouldn't mind playing it again someday. I don't know that I will. But I am looking forward to Fantasy Star 2. So that was Fantasy Star. Yay. Good choice. We this was this has been good. This has been a good three game. It has been. It was a it was a plus this one was a pleasant surprise. I mean there were definitely parts that irritated, but it's not it wasn't unexpected. No. I expect the things that irritated me. I expected to irritate yeah, me in that was way. Yeah, better than what we expected for the time and the, <coughs> the system. So, Russ, it is your turn to pick a game. What are we playing? Next? I'm so excited. And next. you just can't hide it. Are you about to lose control? I am about to Do lose control. Do you think control. you like it? I am about to lose control. Do you think you like it? I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Oh God, we've got we've done a mashup now. It tries so hard, and I can't rise above it. I don't know the rest of that song. Um. Anyway, next we are playing, we're moving to a new system that we've never played. Oh, hold on. Game on. Before. We almost forgot. If you want to play Fantasy Star, <sighs> you can get on the second Master System. Uh, it, there may be some virtual releases, but probably one of the best ways I think to get it, there is a PS3 Sega Genesis compilation. It's Sonic's Sega Genesis Master, whatever. It's got something like 20 Sega Genesis games on it. Honestly, there's there's a lot of good stuff on there, including Fantasy Star 1 and 2, and Shining Force 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, it's actually a pretty good compilation. Since it's for the PS3 and it's several years old at this point, you could probably pick it up on the cheap. Yeah, that's probably the easiest. I, I'd recommend it. Mm -hmm. So we get all the Fantasy Stars. Yeah. Well, 1 and 2, maybe 3. No, they're all on there. Are they? I have it. I have it too. I just didn't... They're all on there. Okay. You can get all the Fantasy Stars. <laughs> Alright, so we're moving on to a new console. We, we are moving on to a new console. We're still sticking with Sega. We're moving to the Sega CD. Everybody's favorite I know, console. everybody's favorite console. But it should be, because it contains four games from Working Designs that are four of the best RPGs in the whole world. And we're playing the first one, which is Lunar the Silver Star. So, join us next time for the Sega CD Spectacular. Yay! Lunar. Lunar. The Silver Star. Oh, we're... yes. You interrupted me earlier. Yeah, you get rude asses walking in here when we're in the middle of reading.
Film on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMech25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. What happened? I'm picking up the couch. Russ, it was three months ago. Get over it. <laughs>